What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about the delicious, smooth Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee packs a delicious one-two punch. Not only is it delicious coffee, but it also packs a great CBD punch, which helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's not going on with your body. CBD helps relax and ease that, including the coffee jitters, which is a great one-two punch. You get the caffeine, you get that coffee jolt without getting the jitters. Strava Craft Coffee nails that. And they also have a one-two punch for you. If you use the magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% off your first purchase of Strava Craft Coffee. And then if you like it, which you will, and you want to subscribe to them because then you'll save 20% off every single time you order Strava Craft Coffee, and you can get it delivered straight to you without having to order it every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks at that 20% off price. So make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee for delicious coffee. Use that magical code DNVR20 for 20% off your first purchase, and then subscribe to get 20% off every single time after. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. NVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, guys, got to tell you about MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs. We've had two people, actually more than two people, take some classes at MSU Denver over at DNVR. And what they say about MSU Denver online, they build it around your busy schedule. And on top of that, they also bring the real world into the classroom. Their professors work in the real world, know what you need to know for once you graduate, and that is what they teach you. So make sure to head over to msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs and 750 classes. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what's going on? How are you doing? Oh, I'm uh, hanging in there. I uh, was actually just asked how I was doing. Um, and my answer was, I'm existing. <laughs> That's really all I can say right now. I'm existing. I'm upright. Um, I'm not particularly awake. I'm sure you got more sleep than I did last night. Um, but I'm here. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> You're here. We're like here you. with you guys. But Mace, one person that's not with the Broncos is Shelby Harris. Yesterday, he was put on the COVID-19 reserve list, not because he's tested positive, but because he came into close contact with someone who did test positive outside of the organization. So he's on the COVID-19 list. He will not practice today or tomorrow. 
and there's a chance that he does not practice or he does not play this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Mace, how big of a deal is this? Well, it's potentially a massive deal, and it's not just because you're talking about Shelby Harris alone. It's you are damaging a unit that could ill afford to lose anybody else. And if you read my story on DDMVR.com this morning, it focuses on Mike Purcell and the Broncos, of course, playing without him on Sunday against the Chargers. And the result was their worst game against the run this year. And dig this, Zach, uh, over the course of this season, the Broncos allowed 2.3 more yards per carry with with when Purcell is out than when he is on the field. And so you take him out. You take you already take Jarrell Casey out. And now you remove Shelby Harris. And you're talking about a defensive line that is none of what you intended to have at the start of the season. You're relying on guys who've uh, been plucked off the street, plucked out of uh, uh, not retirement, but certainly someone like Sylvester Williams had not been playing much in the last year year or two you are trying to get by with a defensive line that really is duct tape and bailing wire beyond the pass rushing that Draymond Jones and Demarcus Walker brings I think you can replace some of the pass rush that you've lost but against the run it doesn't appear the Broncos have the stoutness and so if Shelby Harris is not out there Zach I fear for what the Falcons might do I, I think we might see another game on the ground from them like we saw from the Chargers last Sunday and that results in them controlling the tempo and uh, that might not help the Broncos if they want to go up tempo with Lock on the other side it's a mess right now well and the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> wow I like that it's a mess right now it caught me <laughs> off guard uh, but you're right Mace it, it is a mess right now because you can replace one guy on a defensive line pretty much any team maybe outside of uh, of the LA Rams uh, replacing Aaron Donald. Anyone can replace one guy on the defensive line and be fine. Two guys is really, really pushing it. Most teams can't do that, but you know what? The Broncos did a pretty good job uh, uh, of doing that for a couple of weeks uh, in the past what, year and a half. But last week they could not do that when they did not have Jarrell Casey and they did not have Mike Purcell. So now they're going to try to potentially replace three pieces. Mace, this was already a concern with Shelby Harris of how the Broncos were going to do this without Mike Purcell and Jarrell Casey. Now it's a massive concern. And the Atlanta Falcons, the Broncos' next opponent, is definitely a team that is capable of running the ball. They're also capable of falling flat on their face when running. But just last week, they ran for 131 yards in a win over the Panthers. So they're very capable of pounding the rock with Todd Gurley. Yeah, now the thing is, Todd Gurley, he's not the Todd Gurley that he was earlier in his career of course the the thing that we've talked about uh, with him in recent years has been uh, you know the, the arthritis in his in his knee and that's why last year 3.8 yards per carry this year 3.8 yards per carry not spectacular but they've been leaning on him in the red zone of course he's second in the league in rushing touchdowns Zach with eight right now now one of those he would like to have back <laughs> and that's the reason why they're two and six instead of three and five and why they're two and one with Raheem Morris coaching this team instead of three and oh. And of course, I'm talking about the play against Detroit where Matt Ryan told him to fall short of the, of the end zone and allow them to kick a game winning field goal, but he couldn't keep himself out. And that was that, but still 
it's a willingness to to run the it's a willingness to run the football that kind of jumps out here. Uh, very similar to the to the Chargers in that just because they didn't have Austin Eckler, they didn't lose the willingness to run. The other thing that comes into play, Zach, is that the Chargers offensive line uh, not as good as the one that the Broncos are going to see from Atlanta on Sunday. So just because Atlanta has not run the ball effectively on a per carry basis, it doesn't mean they haven't been willing to run. I believe they're, I believe the Falcons are, are averaging about, I want to say um, like 28 carries per game. So they're a team that likes to run and likes to stick with it and likes, and, and likes to probe until the, until they get something going without Shelby Harris, if he doesn't play with, compounding uh, the fact that you're without Mike Purcell and without Jarrell Casey and that the strength of your defensive line is in pass rush defensive linemen more than guys who are stout against the run. If you're the Falcons, if you're Dirk Cutter, the Falcons offensive coordinator, you're looking at this and saying, well, something's going to give here. Either they're going to have to supplement their guys on the defensive line with say with, safeties coming forward into the box to help contain the run and if that happens then I'm going to have guys open uh downfield in more one-on-one situations potentially without AJ Boye if he doesn't make it through the post-concussion protocol in the passing game and if the Broncos don't do that if they lay the safeties back then they're going to be some open lanes to run kind of like we saw for the Chargers on Sunday so uh I if I'm Dirk Cutter I am preparing to do to basically take whatever is given to me pre-snap and I don't think and I don't think the the Broncos are going to be capable of stopping both elements of the Atlanta offense with, with this defensive line is as it is especially if they don't have the Shelby Harris and that's what really really hurts Mace is that it's not just the defensive line that that you have to plug the holes of it is likely AJ Boye man j- just seeing how hard he was hit last week by Kareem Jackson I personally don't think he'll be able to play. Maybe there's a chance he does, and that would be huge for the Broncos. But if he doesn't play, especially going up against Julio Jones, you're going to need to give extra attention to Julio besides just one cornerback, especially mm-hmm. if it's, you know, Michael Ojemudia back there. So then what do you do? Well, to, to me, Mace, you have to take away the run. You, you have to. And you have to, you have to bring pressure. You have to stack the box, and Julio's going to beat you. That's why Drew Locke is going to have to be big time in this game. He's, they're going to have to score. They're not going to have to put up 31, but you have to score in the 20s in order to win this game. The Broncos did it last week, have struggled doing that under Drew Locke for the four previous games. So uh, you're going to get beat. But if you allow them to just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, Mace, it's, going, it's probably so rare for you to allow 200 rushing yards and win like the Broncos did last week. I mean, that took 21 points in the fourth quarter. It took 28 points in the final 18 minutes. You don't want to rely on that strategy uh, all of the time. And what your defense has shown is that they are very good when they bring pressure. So play into mm-hmm. your strength, which will also help your defense out. But it does leave that open of Julio Jones and man get, give all the attention you can without having to to keep seven guys back to do it you're going to have to take chances it sounds like that's what you're saying right Zach exactly there's going to have to be the blitz involved in this game and it's one thing to pull it off against a younger quarterback and of course the Broncos uh, will see another young quarterback here coming up 
in a couple of weeks when they go against the Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa and saw a younger quarterback in Justin Herbert last week, and they were able to, to force a, a few decisions that he didn't want to make. But with Matt Ryan, this is somebody who is seasoned. And in spite of the Falcons being, being two and six overall, Matt Ryan is having another very good season. He's had yeah. that, 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 kind of above, that kind of above average smart campaign that you're used to seeing from him. So not all of those tricks are going to be able to work. I mean, you can, you can go into the bag of tricks from time to time, but Matt Ryan's probably going to be able to diagnose him and get the Falcons in the right setup more often than not. So, I mean, this is just another part of the thing, Zach, where you, you have to take two and six that is attached to this Falcons team and remove it right yeah. now. This, this game, given what the Broncos could be playing without, this game, it felt like a coin flip even on Monday. Now, we haven't even gotten in on the other side of the ball. Phil Lindsay maybe not playing. He wouldn't have practiced yesterday if there had been practice. Uh, now it's starting to feel like a game that uh, may be an upset if the Broncos pull it off. Yeah, exactly, Mace. I mean, that's exactly how I'm feeling about this game right now. I'm, I'm very high on where the Broncos are right now, but then you just keep taking away pieces, and it's hard to, uh, to, to maintain, and it's hard to ignore those. I mean, Shelby Harris, one of your best defensive players, your best defensive lineman right now, A.J. Boye, uh, you know, a, a key player in your secondary, and Phillip Lindsay. And, and uh, man, that, that's really mm-hmm. tough. But, Mace, here's what the Broncos will be looking at for their defensive line. Uh, you've got, of course, Sylvester Williams, who when he's played, I've been impressed, but they have not relied on him. You have Draymond Mm -hmm. Jones, who is going to be a staple. I I have to imagine that he's out there uh, more than any other defensive lineman, but you're right. His, his specialty is pass rush. Now he is developing more into a run stopper, which is good, but Demarcus Walker is certainly a pass rusher. You'll see him out there. You don't want to be relying on him to stop the run. McTelvin Ajim. What's interesting about this Mace is, we just had the conversation yesterday <laughs> about how he's a development guy. Hey, clearly, yeah. the Broncos are, are using this year to really develop him. He has to play, right? Or, or I mean, are, are they potentially going to keep him inactive and not play him again? I, I would think he has to play in this game, even though what's interesting is that uh, they've, um, they've already made a couple of moves in terms of guys that they're activating from their – practice squad or protecting I should say to potentially be available on Sunday and those guys are Dayon Sizer from CSU Pueblo who got in briefly late late last year and Darius Kilgo and Kilgo probably factors more as a nose tackle but if they're protecting Dayon Sizer to potentially use him on Sunday, does that mean they have more confidence in him than someone like McTelvin Ajim? And we knew Ajim was going to be playing the long game. There's, in terms of his development arc, if it works out for McTelvin Ajim, the development arc may work, may look a lot like that of Malik Jackson. Yeah. But at some point, if you are compromised enough, and you do see enough in terms of the burst and explosion, don't you have to push him out there and see if he can swim? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there, there's no other time than now to do it when you're missing <laughs> potentially your three starters and you have all three of your backups starting and you have mm-hmm. to have some backups. So, man, I would certainly think so. But, Mace, would I be absolutely shocked if, you know, Kilgo and Sizer are upgraded to the game day roster and those are the guys that are playing over McTelvin? No, I wouldn't no. be, which is crazy to say. But And then it's also crazy to say that, you're going to have two practice squad players playing. I mean, that just shows 
where this Broncos defensive line is. And I think for the most part, Vic can do a good job plugging a hole or two. But if you're plugging two holes, that, that was tough last week. But if you're t- plugging three holes, man, that is going to be so, so tough. So it's going to be crucial that these guys step up. Draymond Jones, I mean, welcome to the NFL, you know, year and a half in. You, you have to be the Broncos' best defensive lineman, really, without a doubt, this week. Sylvester Williams, you were not on a team just a couple of weeks ago. You need to come in and be a solid defensive lineman, and then hopefully you can piece together that third spot. And those two first spots I talked about, those are big question marks, too, if those guys can, can do that. So it, it's quite the, the tough task for Vic. And that's why I'm saying Vic should use other resources in order to help these guys like both linebackers. Uh, of course, you're going to be bringing Bradley Chubb every play uh, and, and Atachu and Reed off the edge. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, unfortunately, Julio is going to get a big play or two uh, because you have to help this defensive line out. You just have to. Right. And that means if Julio makes a big play, you're talking about limiting the damage. So, in other words, it can't look like Chase Claypool in week two. Yeah. And that was, of course, a moment where Michael O.J. Moutier had no safety help. Did I say that right? Is it O.J. Moutier? O.J. I mean, O.J. I like Moutier. Yeah, I yeah, think it's O-J. J. You really emphasize yeah, the J. Okay, O.J. Emphasize the J. At least it's not a soft J. <laughs> yeah. So, you can't have a moment like that. He didn't have safety help, of course, but he's but he's got to ha- he's gonna have to make the tackles. So you're talking about limiting the damage. If if it's a strike from Matt Ryan to Julio Jones downfield, you got to make sure it's 20 yards. Make the tackle go on. If you know if if Calvin Ridley is healthy and plays and he he goes on a little 10 yard slant, you got to make sure that you're wrapping him up and bring him down. You got to make sure that these that that these chunk plays don't become explosive plays and kind of and and also in the shadow of all this is saying and we can probably get into this tomorrow can drew lock win a, a game-long shootout i mean I, he you can say he did last week 31 to 30 uh that's a shootout type of number you are going but the falcons since raheem morris became the head coach their per their points per game average has dropped from 32.2 with dan quinn to 21 with raheem morris so they've gone from being a defense that was getting shredded, a bad defense, to one that it's not great, but it's, it's, it's certainly worked its way up to average kind of across the board. And in particular, it's been, good, it's been pretty good against the run. They're only allowing 81 yards per game on the ground. So if you are facing these kind of defensive losses, you are looking at a scenario where you're going to have to do better than – the Falcons' last three opponents, Vikings, Lions, and Panthers, have done in terms of putting points on the board. Uh, if you get 21, it may not be enough to win this game. You're probably talking about thinking maybe 28 is a magic number here. Right, yeah, Mesa, you're exactly right. And it's very interesting. The 2-6 and six Falcons playing the 3-4 and four Broncos, both of these teams are playing good football in the past month. Like you, like you said, you're 100% right. The Falcons should be 3-0 and in their last three games and be undefeated under Raheem Morris. 
and the Broncos are three and one uh, since starting zero and three. So this is actually, you know, while the Falcons are way better than their record, in my opinion, the Broncos are also better than their record as of their play recently, especially if you want to look at, you know, the second half of last week with the Broncos offense. This is if you're sitting at home on Sunday and obviously you're listening, you're a Broncos fan, you're listening to this, so you're going to be watching. But if you're not a Broncos fan and by chance happened upon this podcast and you're listening welcome. right now, and I don't know why, but hey, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate it. You're 20 minutes into this. Thanks for rolling with us. Yeah. So obviously we brought something that you like here because you haven't ditched this at this point. But you're sitting there and you've got your, you've got your Sunday ticket. This is that sneaky under the radar game that we get every three or four weeks between two teams whose records aren't impressive, but turns it out to be a lot of fun to watch. And this could be that game, especially if it ends up in a shootout and Drew Locke and company on offense are able to respond uh, to what the Falcons do. And the other thing, you talk about the Falcons, they are a better team than their record. Like you said, they should be 3-0 and with Raheem Morris. And in general, if you include the five Dan Quinn games as well, they're a couple of mental foul-ups away against the Cowboys and the Bears. Uh, the Bears being a tactical foul-up in terms of their play calling with a lead in the fourth quarter. Sounds kind of like Super Bowl 51, as if we need to bring that up for Port Falcons fans. <laughs> then they're, they're, they're that close to being five and three right now. I mean, it's, yeah, ifs and buts, but the Broncos have some ifs and buts too. I mean, they, these are both kind of the teams that are, they're looking at the first eight weeks of this season and they're saying man we should be better than our record they're, so they're they're kind of in the same spot here it's uh, like the spider-man meme where you've got the two spider-mans and they're they're pointing at each other that's what this game feels like to me <laughs> two teams that feel they should be better than their record feel it was within their control to be better than their record and for the last few weeks have played good football yeah and i think there's one big difference when you look at these two teams and where they've been and where they're at now, the Falcons season is pretty much done. I mean, unless they were somehow able to go on a crazy uh, win streak to make the playoffs, that playoffs probably aren't happening. They're trying to see right now if Matt Ryan's in their future. They're trying to see if Todd Gurley's in their future. They're trying to see if Raheem Morris can be the head coach. So that's kind of where they're at. Denver Broncos are not the Denver Broncos are still fighting for 2020 right now being at three and four. If Todd Gurley doesn't run into the end zone, then the Falcons have the same mindset as the Broncos uh, being at three and five right now. When the Broncos being at four and three, they're still very much in this. So, you know, maybe that's the, the, the little thing that pushes the Broncos over the edge here. But right now, Mace, I believe the Broncos are four point underdogs. You got to imagine that if Shelby doesn't play and Philip Lindsay doesn't play, that that would just continue to grow to the Falcons. Well, even though we focused on Shelby Harris, I imagine that line will probably be more influenced by Philip Lindsay. Yeah. But I think it, when we're talking about the defensive line and the state of it overall, um, Shelby Harris just adding another law being potentially out adds another log of misery to the raging fire on the defensive line right now. And for the optimism that you can have from the fourth quarter on the offensive side, it has to be tempered with being really nervous for this, for this defense, because we did, you know, what, what last week, 
it wasn't a good performance for the Broncos defense. I mean, uh, they, they won the game. Drew Locke led the, led the comeback. And, uh, you know, you can have good feelings about that. But it's one of, you get in the light of day and you're like, man, they, they gave up 200 yards on the ground for the first time in nearly a year uh, to a running game that doesn't have a good offensive line and didn't have Austin Eckler. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing about this. I mean, the, the Chargers came in and not really armed for battle in the ground game and they took it to the Broncos. And I think the other thing is that when you look at the film, Zach, look how they're being gashed. Look how many of those yards are easy within four to five yards of the line of scrimmage where they shouldn't be easy. Yeah. That, and, and, and then, and, and that's, that's, you know, that, that's a concern that you worry that, that Mike Purcell, <clears throat> pardon me, Mike Purcell was maybe, the straw that broke the camel's back here. And, oh, by the way, now you're going to take Shelby Harris. You may take Shelby Harris, and you may take A.J. Boye off of that. It gets me nervous for him. It really does. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree, Mesa. And we're having this conversation today because of Shelby Harris potentially not playing. But if he does play, this conversation still holds true for this game uh, with right. the uncertainty with A.J. Boye on top of that. And really quick, since we've mentioned Philip uh, uh, Lindsay's name, uh, what's going on with him is he jammed his toe in the game. He would not have practiced yesterday if the Broncos practiced. We'll get more of an update today on him. But Mace, this is, uh, this is something that concerns me a lot because this isn't just a jammed toe. This is on top of turf toe, which sidelined him three and a half, uh, three and a half games earlier this season. Yeah, you just hope it's not an exacerbation of what he's dealt with before and uh, leads to something that's lingering for a lot of reasons, not just, not just for the Broncos in terms of what they'd be losing without Philip Lindsay, but also if, if he misses more time, Zach, you know what some people are going to say. Yep, yep, they're going to start saying injury prone. Bingo. And yep. even though something we've, we touched on is that over the course of his career, to this point, it does, you know, the, the, the raw data in terms of games played, games lost, and injuries, it doesn't add up to say he's injury prone. But if the toe is something that sticks with him for the rest of the year, potentially, you hope that's not the case. But if it is, then that is a critique that you're going to hear. Yeah. And, and the offense is going to lose an explosive component when it yep. needs it the most. Yep. Yep. They're going to lose their heartbeat of the offense as Raheem Morris called it yesterday. And that would be, you know, maybe even a bigger blow than Shelby Harris, but both of those guys are huge pieces to this team. So we'll continue to follow, keep you guys updated, but man, those two guys would really sway this game and my feelings of this game. That's for sure. Mace, before we hop into the comment section, got to tell you guys about Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely uh, to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. 
Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com for a chance to enter a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. And if you're wondering if rates are as good as they are for refinancing, well, make sure to give them a call because they have some incredible rates right now. And they're, make, they're going to make the refinance process simple for you. They could save you hundreds of dollars a, a month and thousands of dollars in interest over the life of your loan. So make sure to check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Zach, I'm having some, <clears throat> pardon me, having some technical difficulties here at the homestead in every way, shape, and form right now. <laughs> and so it may only be 11 o'clock in the morning when we wrap this up, but I could use a beer <laughs> after this. And that means I could use a beer from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. I'm going to go down to uh, my, my bar in the basement, and uh, I think I've got some Colorado core sitting there. That would be perfect to help me uh, uh, get through the morning here. Of course, might want a little food as well. And so maybe later on today, if I have time, check out the farmhouse. Maybe you should do that as well. The farmhouse, of course, is Breckenridge Brewery's restaurant down at their brewery facility in Littleton. It's right off Santa Fe. And if you use that magical code DNVR, you're going to save $5 off your meal. You can go pick up your order right there if you don't want to go in. If you do want to go in, they've got the safe socially distance eating down there over the farmhouse. But if you just want to pick up, no problem. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup. And, of course, like I mentioned, that magical code DNVR for $5 off your meal. You can also get some beer as part of your, as part of your meal as well. So they've got an array of Breckenridge brews, of course, down at the brewery facility, the, the biggest array on the planet. So you're going to be in good shape there. If you want to just get some at the store, no problem. We've got Christmas ale that is actually in a lot of grocery stores in Colorado right now. You can also get that 15-can sampler if you can't decide what you want. And then if you're out of state, that's going to be me on Saturday down in Atlanta, hopefully, if there's a football game. I'm crossing my fingers that I do every week that there's going to be a game. I'll probably check out the Breck Beer Locator, and if you're outside of Colorado, you should as well to find the, ne the nearest grocery store, package store, liquor store, convenience store, whatever that offers those delicious Breckenridge brews. So check out the Breck Beer Finder at Breckenridge Brewery's website, Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. All right, Mace, let's hop into the comment section. First one coming in from Hip Hip U Ray. Greetings, gents. I appreciate the love for Lindsay this last pod, and I completely agree with everything said. Pay that man. Unfortunately, I have to point out a negative about Elway here. I feel like he is that CEO of a company that would rather hire everyone from the outside of the company and overpay them for the work they actually do as opposed to developing with his talent from within. You guys mentioned it yesterday. Why do we continue to just brush off the talent we get and watch them perform for other teams when we had them first? Is it something that we are not doing like proper evaluation or is it just corporate culture? Also, can I get an emphatic... 75. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing there, Hip Hip Uray, what you mentioned, that is something that in recent years, I know it's a concern among guys in the locker room. Like, okay, that players coming from the outside, they're getting these big money contracts, these big second contracts, 
what about rewarding our guys? It's something the Broncos used to do uh, back in the early to mid 2010s. I mean, year after year, we'd be talking about a big contract for, say, Demarius Thomas or Ryan Clady or uh, Vaughn Miller. But the Broncos have gotten, have gotten away from that. Now, some of that is, look, their personnel develop, development wasn't doing the job for a while. And thus, the players the Broncos were letting go of, uh, they weren't necessarily in demand in general on, on the marketplace. Uh, the exceptions was back in, say, 2016, for example, when Dane Trevathan and Lee Jackson get big contracts. But remember, based on their cap crunch at the time, they were effectively choosing between Derek Wolf and Lee Jackson on the line. And Derek Wolf chose the contract first, and then choosing between Malik Jackson and, or pardon me, Dane Trevathan and Brandon Marshall linebacker, and they end up going with Brandon Brandon Marshall. So, it's a recent phenomenon of the past few years, but it is concerning. And I think uh, you take a look at, uh, at at Jawan James getting a huge contract, and uh, and now we're having a discussion over whether Garrett Bowles is going to get the next big deal. I can see why there may be some frustration in some circles of the locker room over where the big money is being allocated. And that's why I think in the next year to two years, there, there, there should be some pressure on John Elway to re-sign guys that are in that building because that's what you want. You want to reward players who develop into good ones under your culture. One of the reasons why I personally, I'm, I'm not happy with how, Justin Simmons has been has uh, has had uh, has been the victim of kind of the uh, the foot dragging in terms of getting a contract done. Here's a player you picked in the third round. He earned it. He's earned a big deal, and yet he may not be back. And at this point, who could blame him? Yeah, Mace. We have three very interesting cases coming up within the Broncos. You have Philip Lindsay, you have Justin Simmons, and you have Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles. Didn't play very well. Now he's skyrocketing and playing extremely well. If he continues that on top of being a first-round pick, that's one example to see what John Elway does with that. Philip Lindsay, on the other hand, undrafted guy, so not valued high. But then all he's done is balled out since he's been here, played in an extremely high level at a position that's not very very valued uh, in the NFL. And Garrett Bowles, on the other hand, playing a position that's very valued. And then Justin Simmons, you have a guy that is just steadily progressing and getting better third round pick uh, and really one of the best in the game right now at, at an important position, but a position that, that, you know, Vic Fangio has done a good job replacing. So we're going to see how John Elway handles these. It, it could happen that all three of these guys don't get another deal. And it could also happen that all three of them do. Yeah. And then it's a question of where are you spending the money and that are, are you just going to go ahead and uh, bring in other guys or if, if you don't bring him back, but it's a, a cap crunch cash flow situation because of the loss of revenue from the pandemic, I guess on some level you can understand that, but uh, that doesn't explain not bringing any of them uh, back for the long term. And, and, and what the Broncos have done so far, I mean, think about the re-signings they have had. They've been at the margins. You know, Mike Purcell, Brandon McManus. Right. You know, you think back to uh, – you know, earlier this, you know, earlier last year in 2019, the off season where they bring in Jawan James. And what was the biggest re-signing for the Broncos that year? Jeff Hireman. <laughs> yep. And then mid season, it, it was yeah. Andy Janovich. Yeah. Again, it's, 
you know, it, it's good to, to, to re-sign guys of, of value. And uh, there wasn't a lot of value coming in, but uh, now in terms of what you were developing, but now you are actually are developing players of value. So what are you going to do? It, you, you can't continue to have the only re-signings be the, uh, the Janos and the Mike Purcells, <laughs> all right. although we spent a good portion of this podcast telling you just how important Mike Purcell is. Yeah. So, well, and, and Mesa, I think, I think it's something that you said at first is the development wasn't there. The Broncos weren't drafting and developing good players. Now they are. So I would really expect this to change, but it is an interesting point. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Love thunder down under what's more terrifying, a piece of toast slightly burned, but edible, but where the spread is not evenly distributed, it can be peanut butter or yeasty spread. Your call. Andrew Mason driving down Broadway at 3 p.m. in the afternoon at 15 miles per hour listening to Who Let the Dogs Out? Who, who, who? Loudly while wearing his sunglasses. One hour of watching someone consistently tearing pages out of a book poorly where bits of the page stay attached to the seam of the book. Or a six-year-old your babysitting has discovered a book on a bookshelf titled So You Want to Conceive a Child, a step-by-step -step guide to Amish coitus, and says, can you read this book to me? <laughs> oh my gosh, man, maybe that last one. Um, I like burnt toast, so that's certainly not one. Uh, Mace, I definitely want to see you driving down Broadway, uh, listening to Who Let the Dogs Out. And so, yeah, I'll go with the last one. That's terrifying because I'm thinking of it if my kid found that book and I'd be like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Just avoid but that. <laughs> where do you come up with this stuff, Love Thunder? I mean, with all respect, there's got to be some chemical enhancement going on here, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, man, man. always, always entertaining. Bangkok Bronco chimes in. Hey, gents, time for the final episode of scenario-specific songs. I never even intend to ask one of these for a week. I just thought of one initially, and then a couple of new ideas popped into my head. But now I'm clutching at straws. However, I've saved the best one for last. So here's the scenario. You're playing second base for the Rockies or Braves for Mace. Game seven of the World Series. Tied score, two out, bottom of the ninth. You're standing in the on-deck circle. When your teammate hits a double into deep left center, a base hit from you means you win it all. You walk up to the plate with everything on your shoulders. What song is playing as you're walking up? Double B out. Mm. Well, that's tough. Ordinarily, uh, if my walk-up song would be either Free Will by Rush or, um, or The Seeker by The Who. Okay. Um, but in that scenario, uh, you, you want to get kind of jacked up, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking The Tiger. Ah, yes yeah i like that i like that that's a good one i'm going uh i'm going baba o'reilly by the who the beginning of that just gets me so amped that's pretty good that, that, that that's pretty good i was thinking like maybe even the end of it too but uh mm, yes yes definitely the end too so, yeah, yeah, man, th those are two good ones. We're throwing it back there, Mace. I like it. I like it there. Yeah. Well, I I knew you you choose something old. Like I said, <laughs> like I've said, Zach, you've got an old soul. <laughs> Samuel Bisu with an interesting question. <laughs> hey guys, Mark Barron, real guy or just a rumor? 
<laughs> Great question. Um, you know, Mace, how many practices did we see him? Two, three? I think, yeah, three. Yeah, I mean, he, he's done even less than Theo Riddick because at least Theo Riddick was able to play in a quarter uh, of a preseason game. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the scale of, uh, of, of rumor. It's, it, it, the, uh, the low end of the scale was Simeon Rice back in 07, played half the season, didn't get a sack, made $3 million. But at least he was out there on the field in uniform. And then you move up to Theo Riddick, who, like you said, one quarter of one preseason game. And then at the, and then at the extreme end of the scale is what we're seeing with Mark Barron right now. So he's got, to, he's got nine weeks here to prove that he's uh, at least close to, closer to the Simeon Rice end. But right now, I mean, there, there's no indication he's getting closer. We haven't, we haven't really seen him over on the, on the north field working out uh, – with Lauren Landau and the strength coaches in recent weeks. Usually that's the sign that you're getting ready to return. And uh, Mark Barron has uh, not been out there the last few weeks. Yeah, no, he, he hasn't been. And it is, it's just crazy how the Broncos have had, you know, one of these guys in back-to-back years now. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's wild. I mean, it really does feel like he is not part of the team, but no, he, he still is. And guys, before we go any further, got to tell you about the awesome tournament that we have coming at, WGT Golf this weekend starting on Friday through Sunday we will be hosting the election open at Congressional all country clubs can participate and better yet anyone can win that's right all you have to do is join the DNVR three country club if you haven't played head to the Congressional Golf Course and enter into the closest to the whole challenge submit your screenshot on our pinned Twitter thread at DNVR Sports or email them to info at thednvr.com. And once you have entered to win, we will choose a random winner each week, each week to, to pick out a DNVR shirt of their choice and mask, and we'll ship it to you for free. We'll, we will host a new course every week leading up to Christmas. Winners are picked every Monday. You've got nothing to lose, so download WGT Golf if you haven't. Join DNVR 3 Country Club, head to the Congressional Course, and hit some balls to get you close to the pin. Enter your screenshot, and there you go. You're in. So good luck. Check them out, WGT, and join the DNVR 3 Country Club. And just to make it clear, it may be the election open, but we're counting every stroke. (laughs) I love it. beautifully said no 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 court hearings going on here you can no no lawyers involved we're counting every stroke <laughs> uh, anyway where do i go from that because i need a good transition to green mountain dental I'll, you know what heck with it. i'm just gonna tell you it's good to have clean teeth whatever you're doing whether you're playing golf in person whether you're playing golf on wgt whether you're hanging out with the family whether you're going out for a meal and so nobody helps you do that in the denver metro area quite like green mountain dental group the best damn family-owned dentist in the denver metro area they love colorado sports they're proud supporters of dnvr and you know how we always say support people that support us that make this possible and green mountain dental group that's one of those places that makes dnvr possible it's a great place to go great place to get your teeth clean and if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam right now guess what you're gonna receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. I've got one of my own. Promotes great brushing habits. You hear that thing beep. You say, okay, time to go to a different side of the mouth. You end up brushing your teeth for two minutes, which is what you're supposed to do. None of this 20-second in and out stuff. No, you want to brush for two minutes. Sonicare will help you 
do that. Of course, they're going to treat you like family over at Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll send you birthday cards, let you know they care. You know, a caring group of people that will help make sure that you have good dental health because they always want you to know that the first step, the first step to good health is by taking care of your mouth. And there's no better place to do it in the Denver metro area than Green Mountain Dental Group in Lakewood. Ace, next one coming in from the Big T. Hiccups, you say? I can be of use here. For once, I used to suffer badly with them. Tried everything. Even once had hiccups for three days straight. It was frustrating. As when we, It was as frustrating as when we traded Tebow to the Jets, which for me was close to unbearable. Yeah, three days sounds terrible. Anyhow, I fortunately met this hot opera singer, Humble Brag, and she told me the easiest thing to do, and it works 100% of the time. Obviously, hiccups are a disaster for a singer, so they need a fail-safe mechanism, and here it is. You take, almost the, you take almost the deepest breath you can, then breathe out as slowly as you can constantly until your breath is close to empty. That should be it, and you can breathe normally again. It resets the diaphragm, and you will cha be changed forever, maybe. Peace out and love to all, the big T. Wow, that sounds very easy. That's pretty good. I take that and, uh, and, and put it on a note card and hang on to that. That, that actually <laughs> sounds pretty good yeah it's easier than my trick because my trick involves water a glass paper towel all you need here is air yeah but you're also talking about somebody who is a real expert in terms of the the opera singer and i love the humble brag there big <laughs> T. that was nice the highest paid raft four full of six toed cats and cost controlled miners covered in yeasty spread salmon and pb and j's driving down a straw with pleasure horse strumming a good one on a pop tart in the parlance of obscure reporters named joe the question is is the comment as long as the handle <laughs> it's a good question oh. it's close close okay that is for sure the very last time i revised this name for anyone unless i missed something obvious I was all I was around for all of those, so thanks for reminding me particularly about Pop Tarts. Also, the public display name character limit is 240, and I lost count four times, so you are very welcome. I will return to Onion Town links from now on and continue my duties as a non-nuisance of the DMVR community. So, who would like to see a football game played in medieval armor? As strange as it sounds, knights were actually quite nimble in steel plates. But since there's no worry of blades, we could reduce the weight further by taking away chain mail and replacing it with linen. Of course, we could identify players by a small shield on their back. Breaking limbs would be quite hard to do, but concussions would be super easy to cause. Your thoughts? Lots of love. Links. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it initially sounds bulky, but now you're talking about doing linens instead of chains. Uh, that'd be interesting. There, there'd be a lot of blood, though, which may not be good. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to have guys coming out, getting the getting their cuts treated and all that. <laughs> yeah. There will be blood. NFL players in medieval night regalia. <laughs> what position would like that the most? Just linemen? Linemen or, uh, yeah, it, it would, that's tough. I can see Alexander Johnson being a big fan of it. I can as well. I imagine it might be hard to throw if you're a quarterback, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably would be. That, that, yeah, I don't armor think, on the arm. I don't think position uh, players would like it. Yeah, I think wide receivers would find the, t the going really tough. Yeah. I Can't agree. really make body catches. No, he certainly can't. <laughs> you shouldn't make them anyway, but you really can't do it. with. <laughs> that is quite the question there, Onion Town Link. Thanks for always keeping our minds sharp. <laughs> exactly. Count Locula, what's your favorite smell? Love the count. Well, we just uh, kind of talked about it. 
Linen, laundry, Mace, is my favorite smell by far. I get like entranced with it when, it when I smell it. It just, it stops me in my tracks. I love the smell of laundry. It's kind of a food thing for me. I, I, I love going into a donut shop where they've just baked donuts. Mm. That's a pretty incredible smell. Um, and I love, and this is, people are going to maybe wretched this. I love the smell of the tailgate at kansas city oh yeah with all the grills and all the barbecue going it, it there are there are other good tailgate aromas that you get um green bay for example um also in wisconsin milwaukee before a brewer's opening day game or a sunday game or a friday night game where you got a lot of tailgates going uh before everyone goes into well, it was Miller Park. It's going to be, I think, American Family Field now or something like that. <laughs> Miller Park off just the rolled off the tongue, and it, it took a good name and ruined it. But, yeah, that, that smell of, of all the grills going, people tailgating before a ball game, and it's, mm, you get hungry just taking it in. Yes, you do. Mm. Man, I'm just thinking about it now. It's making me hungry. Mason, kind of speaking of which, uh, what, what is the name of the place the Nuggets and Avalanche play? Ball Arena. Oh, wow. So you have converted. You're not going to say Pepsi anymore. <laughs> oh, I thought about it. I almost said Pepsi. But at least Ball Arena rolls off the tongue. I mean, yeah, it does. American Family Field. I mean, the Broncos have sort of been plagued with this. You've had Invesco Field at Mile High. Sports Authority Field, I hate it. Just think of it. Sports Authority Field at <laughs> Mile High. Nine syllables is way too many. Empower yeah. field at mile high. At least we cut two <laughs> syllables off of that. So that's not, not bad. But you go from Miller Park, and it's, it's snappy. Miller Park, three syllables. Beer, beer name always works on a stadium. What, what, I, by the, what I always wanted for the stadium uh, in Denver but wouldn't happen was uh, I always thought the Broncos should have uh, partnered with New Belgium and had fat tire field. I always thought that that just rolled off the tongue, but that would have been so good. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so you go from Miller park, three syllables in Milwaukee to American family field going from <laughs> three to eight. It's, it's a mess. Yeah, that is a mess. And it, like you said, does not roll off the tongue. Well, Next. It's like we used to call in and Bronc the Broncos facility. We used to call it just Dove Valley. Right. Yep. Well, now it's it's UC Health Training Center. <laughs> it's brutal. It is brutal. <laughs> it's what makes the world go around, though. Corporate yeah. sponsorships. I mean, yeah. Because what would those I, NFL teams do without uh, without corporate sponsorships? They would be making uh, you know millions less on their billions. Yeah, but right now, I think they'll take every dollar they can get, considering what they don't have coming in. Well, that's true. Very true. <laughs> Next one from uh, Brian Stoll. That game reminded me so much of the Chargers game in 2012 when PFM and the team figured it all out. Obviously, I'm not expecting to win out, but hopefully it was a turning point for a young team. Can someone please make a gif of Drew's finger guns after the Deshaun Hamilton touchdown? I think it could definitely come in handy if this really was a turning point. Yeah, that would be a great gif. I may have to do that today and uh, get it ready for Sunday. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. Don't want to use it before. You just want to wait for the time is right, and then right. boom. 
Yeah. Although now that I do it, someone's gonna do it, gonna work it in and unleash it in the next couple of days. And they're gonna jump <laughs> right. on me. So. All right. <laughs> oh crap. Anyway, Wait, is this the last one, or do we get any under the, under the wire here? I believe this is the last one, Mace. We got one more coming in from the other Ryan. My boys. Oh, I just I just lost it. He says, "My boys, I know we are apolitical at the D." at the DNBR and on this podcast, but the POTUS disparaged our friend and ally, Count Locula. On Twitter this morning, when the president said, stop the count. <laughs> I, I guess must... it depends what state you're in, right? I mean, it's like, you want to stop the count, you want to keep counting. He goes so on the, So says, I guess the count is good in Arizona and Nevada, but we're trying to stop the count and he wants to stop our friend, the count in Pennsylvania. I mean, so Count Locula, I guess you guys got to stay out of the, uh, the East and the industrial Midwest and stay out West. Stay in the right. Southwest. Right. Exactly. He goes on and says, I must take a stand in solidarity with our good friend against such belittlement. All joking aside, why can't this team uh, through an endless steam of offensive coordinators effectively use their running backs as receivers? From my count, LOL, since 2016, Denver's running backs have totaled only seven, eight, if you can't, if you can't, or if you count Andy Janovich, receiving touchdowns, including Philip Lindsay's sole receiving touchdown, which came in the first regular season game he ever played in week one of the 2018 season. It's maddening. Maybe peace and safety, or may peace and safety be with each of you on this Thursday. DNV Army, salute. Well, they were expecting Melvin Gordon to provide that, right? And while Gordon has been targeted, he's only averaging 4.1 yards per reception. Yep. So, it's a conundrum. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a, it's a great point. And, and Phil was productive in college, has not been productive here. Um, you know, Devontae Booker was that guy, but not at a high level. It's really interesting because it's not like they haven't had good running backs here. And they've had about every single offensive system that you can imagine. It's, it's, that is weird. I guess just a coincidence, right? A bad coincidence? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> maybe, maybe in a couple of years we won't be talking about this. But uh, it's weird the things in recent years that uh, – we keep pointing to that the Broncos lack yeah. on offense, you know, that other teams have and seem to be able to find easily. Yeah. And for the Broncos, it just seems to be a mad struggle. Yeah. It seems like the Broncos on offense at times, pretty much just uh, opposed to the fourth quarter on Sunday are playing a different game than other teams, especially when you watch the Kansas city chiefs, it just seems like they're playing college ball while the Broncos are playing NFL ball. Yeah. It's frustrating. But what's not frustrating, Mace, is getting your teeth checked out at Green Mountain Dental. It is a fantastic experience because they are a family-owned dentist and they're extreme Colorado sports fans. So what's better than going to get your teeth taken care of than by a family and they treat you like family and being able to talk sports with them? Well, there's one thing better is getting a free Sonicare toothbrush. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush to you. Green Mountain Dental is fantastic. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, a longtime DNVR partner. They show us the love, so make sure to show them the love. Tell them that you're part of our family as well, and then you can get to talk Colorado sports as well. So make sure to check out Green Mountain Dental. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for riding with us. 
on this Thursday edition of the pod. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and we will actually be going live with this podcast just after 9.30. So make sure to check us out on YouTube, where we will be live just after 9.30 Denver time. Check us out. You can leave a comment there. We'll throw it up on the screen. We'd love to have you rolling with us there. Uh, But of course, this podcast will still be put out tomorrow, regardless of if you tune into YouTube or not. But thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. Enjoy Thursday night football, which appears to be happening. And we will talk to you tomorrow. It's getting me down.